I've been sparring top level pros since I was about 17. So can you like, name some? Felix Cash, Fowler, Mikey. Now I do like eight, ten rounds with like Fowler, Felix Cash, loads of loads of rounds with them. So that's it. And Felix Cash, yeah. what a talent! Best win, I'd probably put my best win is I won a youth national title at 75 kilos. Hi guys, welcome to Not Just Boxing Podcast. We're here today with light middleweight Joel. He's had 47 fights, won most of them. Absolute powerhouse. He's only 20 years old. I thought he was 30 when, he, when I met him today. Um, yeah, how you doing, Joel? You good? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really good. Not Can't complain. And um, you were saying you've come Portsmouth a few times to sparring? Yeah, come Portsmouth, sparred Mikey McKinson a couple of times. Yeah, really good sparring. Cool. Was that recently? Or? I haven't sparred him for a while. I sparred him for the Chris Congo fight was the last fight I sparred him for and I haven't sparred him since then. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. obviously everyone saw that was a great fight as well. You yeah. must have been well happy for him after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leading up to the fight, I was a bit 50-50. I thought Chris Congo is a strong, good boxer, but Mikey just made him look like a look like an average an boxer. Yeah. An average boxer in there, so... There's so many levels. I, I seriously thought in that fight as well before going into it. Like Congo was obviously a heavy favourite. Like, he had all the support behind him, but Mikey was always going to be the underdog in that. The way he handled him, like, I don't know. It's obviously he earned his contract with Matchroom, and now yeah. he's got Ortiz coming up. Which Ortiz is coming up was really good. And that last fight I watched, he showed lots of great stuff in that fight as well in America. Yeah. Obviously, late opponent. You know that makes it hard in itself to just. Box a late opponent, you don't know who you're boxing, what style, what stance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there were two southpaws. I think yeah. it was a complete clash of styles anyway, because we had Mikey on again. I don't, did you listen to the second one? Oh, I haven't listened to the second oh, one, no. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was just saying as well, they played him the whole fight week. Um, so he was lucky that they kept him on. He was still going to be co-main event, uh, not main event, but co. Um, and they played so many mind games with him. Golden Boy, they did everything to obviously try and try and get one of their guys... Um, to beat him so I think he said on the week of they they changed opponents like three or four times and Mikey was like I don't care just give me whoever you know I've come all this way and by the sounds of it by the time he boxed that fella he already knew he was fighting Mikey at the start of the week but they sent him for a complete merry-go-round yeah. all week they were like they were playing around with his, his whole entire fight week and the, the games they play in America like yeah. obviously we do it here as well I won't lie like from what I've heard um, but yeah, that must have been tough. Have you had any games playing with you, even just in the amateurs? Any little mind games going on? Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't say really mind games. I've had, you know, I'm trying to warm up for my fights and opponents, coaches just standing in the corner staring at me, trying to make me feel uneasy or whatever. But it doesn't really matter. You're just gonna go in there and do what you gotta do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing yeah. you beat most of their boys as yeah, well with your beat record. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't really work. I remember. Yeah, don't really work. Because I'm Southpaw, a few times my coach has got me to do pads, orthodox, uh, orthodox yeah. yeah. Um, that way, because the uh, same thing, you have coaches, they're always like peering, they're seeing always what's going on. look over there. Yeah. What's going on over there. <laughs> and um, to be fair, we play their own mind games. Like, yeah. there's nothing better than last second going in. But I've boxed in only eight fights. I think I've had three Southpaws. Yeah. Which is crazy. I've boxed. I'd say the majority of my fights have boxed southpaws. Really? Yeah, the majority of them wow. in southpaws. And how do you beat a southpaw as an orthodox? Is it what's your I game plan? I think going in? I think people just worry too much about them. You know, like box them like you'd box anyone else. 
use the jab. They always say use the backhand because it's down the middle, but just use the jab. Mm-hmm. Keep them away with the jab. Then when they step in, throw that backhand. Yeah, my biggest problem with whenever I box orthodox, my lead hand, if it's southpaw against southpaw like you would normally yeah. have, um, your lead hand, you don't have to worry about being too low. Yeah. But whenever I'm against an orthodox, like the amount of hooks that I've taken, just because yeah. my, my hand's just underneath my chin, whereas you can get away with that when, when you go against someone yeah. the same, same style. But see, that's you. the same with the jab. Like You can just keep popping that jab over the top, but they always, they always think you should just keep throwing backhands. But I think start with a jab, no matter who you're boxing, really. Yeah. And uh, what type of... Uh, you've probably had all the opponents in the last few years, didn't yeah. you? So you said you've boxed for five and a half years now, five including COVID? Five and a half COVID. years, including COVID, yeah. So I didn't have competitive boxing for, was it two years of COVID? So competitive boxing, three and a half years, pretty much. That's imp- that's very active. Yeah. And um, how were you during COVID? Did you did you stay fit? Did you have yeah, that mindset? Yeah, stayed fit the whole time. Yeah, stay fit the whole time, like... Obviously, I got opportunities to start to spar the pros whilst they were getting ready for their fights during COVID. So I kept busy in the boxing. Yeah, probably a bit of a blessing, really. Then you yeah. probably had a bit of time out of competition, but you were still just learning. Yeah, learning it, the it, it would have been my first season as a senior, um, but then COVID came about and uh, gave me a little bit to get used to sparring men. Sparring men compared to kids. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I guess what's the style now? You've gone from the juniors to the seniors like is it is it completely different is it because the juniors their footwork's impeccable it's a lot more tip tap I feel like yeah. with your weight um it's a bit um, of a change I don't feel like it's a bit of a change because I never really boxed like an amateur I wouldn't say I mean I can I can box on my toes in and out but I prefer a little bit slower taking my time so for me it wasn't much of a change I don't think compared to other people mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely a change for I think the most of the people that go from juniors to seniors it, it slows down mm-hmm. a bit more powers put in. Even last night, did you see any of the fighting last night on boxer tournament in Sky? Was that Adam Azim? Yeah, and that, yeah. yeah. I, and I only saw Adam. Oh, okay. So which just is like two minutes or what do you think of what you saw? Really good. You know, yeah. I I trained with Adam quite a bit because obviously he's the same age as me. Mm-hmm. And I trained over McGuigan's a bit with uh, Fowler and Hassan. So, yeah, he's really good. Quality. And yeah. out of that gym, when you were at McGuigan's, what was that like? Yeah, it's a really good atmosphere. You know, um, obviously Dubois over there now. And um, Ellie Scottney, really good. Mm-hmm. The whole gym, quality gym at the moment. And uh, get great sparring over there all the time. Yeah, I love what they've done with Fowler. I feel like... From what I have seen, obviously, I, I've never met him in person. Yeah. It's just complete judgment. Um, before, he, he always looked... A, he, he's got quite a stiff style. He's, he's quite so, but I feel like he's a bit more loose. I feel McGuigan's really got him into a bit more rhythm. Yeah. Um, he looks good. He looks dangerous. I still think, even though he's had some losses, he's lost to some good people. And I still think he's still so early in his career that he could definitely get some big titles. Yeah, no, I definitely think he's... Um... A lot more, as you said, it's got a lot more rhythm because I, when I first started boxing, Fowler was one of the people I used to watch on TV for. Mm-hmm. This geezer's really good, but since he's been with McGuigan, he's got more 
movement there and the the jabs coming off nicer I think yeah so yeah I think he's really improved with um, McGuigan how good was his fight against Fitzgerald for me that was like that was, that was probably one of the fight of the year for me yeah no, that was quality and I, I was watching it was, was it the last round that he went down yeah he got yeah, dropped the, in I think got the last... dropped in the last round and I was like oh, no <laughs> no I was, I was right on it for him but I was actually cheering on Fitzgerald in that. Uh, I was cheering on Fowler. Yeah. <laughs> it was more just, I don't know, I, I quite liked Fitzgerald's style. And he was, I think Fitzgerald was the big underdog going into it yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so as soon as early on you saw how he handled himself with Fowler, I quite liked seeing an underdog win. I know off air we were talking about um, when we watched Fury uh, against Dillian White. Yeah. Like we both wanted Dillian White to win. But unfortunately, Fury... Yeah, it can happen. Fury just has too much about him. League of yeah. zone. And who, so you, you said off air, White's your favourite heavyweight. Um, why why would you say he's your favourite? I just think he's got um, so much about him, like like how he is, charisma, he's funny. And I think I like a, you know, like a bit of power. Mm -hmm. And that left hook, left hook and the body shots yeah. is something else. But did you think he didn't really throw any body shots against Fury? Like, I think in in the sixth round he landed maybe... <laughs> Four clean body shots, that's from what I remember. I felt like he was just trying to stay away from his shots. I've, I've, yeah, he got dragged like, into it. Yeah. Like, the first round I thought was all right. He was digging to the body with a jab and up top with the jab. But he didn't really throw much else other than mm -hmm. the jab and a couple of those crazy overhands that he throws. Yeah, he looked like he couldn't find his distance. And yeah. from me, just as an amateur boxer, I was thinking, like, why wasn't he doubling it up in the later rounds? He was just getting into distance with his jab and then he wasn't throwing anything. And when he was throwing his right hand, he was out of, out of range. Yeah. So it was so frustrating as a fan that wanted to see White do well. Yeah, yeah. Just He couldn't find his range at all. He just he wasn't there. It was just every time he was throwing that shot, Tyson was just doing those little pulls, mm -hmm. pull away. So he couldn't, couldn't quite catch him. He couldn't quite get used to how far away he was to throw his proper shots. Yeah. And what's your verdict on Anthony Joshua and Usyk coming up? I think Anthony Joshua's going to get stopped this time. Yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to get stopped this time. Like, I first fight, I was sure that Usyk was going to beat him, and I watched it and I thought, I didn't think Usyk was cruising for it, but like, I didn't think he got he didn't put out of second gas. gear that much. And I thought if he put it on him some of the times when Joshua was on the ropes, could have really hurt him there. And if there was an extra what thirty seconds in the last round, yeah. it would have been lights out. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think it's just repeat. He looks much. bigger, doesn't he? Have you yeah. seen pictures of him lately? Yeah, he's looking big. Yeah, strong. I think he's he looks on like you can't judge him by a picture, really. Yeah. But he looks like he's put on probably like twenty pounds, maybe since their first fight. Extra bit of power there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also, is that going to go against him? Because he obviously coming up from cruiserweight already. Is he going to handle that? Is he going to handle the mindset of the war in Ukraine? He's, he's got so much. Yeah, but I I think you know. He's the sort of person that if he's got something to concentrate on like this fight, he's going to be solely on that. And I don't think the extra weight will bother his footwork or any of that. Mm -hmm. I think he'll just do the exact same. And what should AJ do this time to beat him? If you if you was his new coach that he's got with, uh, with Angel, what, what would you say to him? I think the only thing that he could really do is just really put it on. Rough put up. it on, Usyk, you know, be a bit dirty. Get him on the inside, big body shots and slow his feet down. Slow yeah. his feet down and then 
go up top again. That's what um, Fury did so well. Wilder, obviously, even just leaning his weight on him. I think if AJ can actually manage that, you know, maybe a bit more. It's gonna be it's gonna be a dirty tactics. But yeah, put, just take his energy away him. from him. Yeah. yeah. Have you found that obviously? So you've sparred so many, so many good yeah. good names in the last few years. Um, have you found that they've got those little tricks that you've managed to overcome now, where maybe you've come across? Uh, can you speak of any? Yeah, there's like quite a few tricks. I wouldn't say you like learn how to sort of overcome them but you like deal with them and and uh do them yourself but like i'd say there's some fighters that are really good at putting the weight like as you said putting the weight on you tiring you out from that how do you get out of that if someone's leaning on you constantly obviously, obviously you can try and turn or whatever but how do you how do you I, go against I, that stuff i feel like that yeah use your feet or like when they come in i like to just try and hold my feet with them dip my knees a little bit sometimes and try and get the shots up so that every time they're falling onto me and stuff like that, I've managed to create a little bit of space for myself so I'm not always losing my energy from them just leaning on me the whole time. Okay, and I'm guessing the first time that ever happened, I'm get, you probably didn't manage to create some knackered. angles and pro shots. Absolutely knackered every time, yeah. <laughs> And what's it like even having a round of just someone's weight? Because I haven't actually had it really because I've still only really boxed amateurs. Yeah, like I've seen it, and I've seen how tired these pros get, and obviously they're fit as they can come. Like, how does it feel when you've actually got their weight on you for, for three minutes? Yeah, well, I like to think I'm pretty fit. I train all the time, really fit. Honestly, I can do three three-minute rounds, amateurs, easy. Yeah, like now I do like eight, ten rounds with like Fowler. Felix Cash, loads of loads of rounds of them. So that's important. Felix Cash, yeah. what a talent! Obviously, yeah. he's he's huge. It's like only only people in the boxing world really know his name as well, which yeah. is annoying. Like he should be a household name, really. I I think maybe how he's been promoted, his path. Yeah. No, yeah, he's 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 a talent, and he's got such a work rate, loads and loads of shots, head and body, constant power. It's not like you know that sort of oh there's one powerful punch and then the rest of the taps they're all like high level power they all hurt digging them in digging them in yeah they're all good yeah but 10 rounds of him i think as a amateur obviously i'll be turning pro soon mm -hmm. but that's just given me a sort of step up compared to all these other people turning pro i've already had done 10 rounds of cash done 10 rounds of all these people that it's given me a little bit of an advantage over these new people that's so good. And obviously, you just said you're going pro soon. Um, what What is your goal with that? What's your plan? Are you going to try and, like, obviously, the route for most people that we know, you do have the journeyman route where it is needed. You're going to gonna have the right opponents and, and build yourself with maybe a good highlight reel of knockouts because you're powerful. Um, do you want to sort of fast track it, though? Because you've already had the experience with these top-level guys. Do you feel maybe if you had 15 fights with journeymen, you're probably going to, regress in all of this in the last five years that you've already done yeah so like ever since i started boxing i've had a i've had I, i'd call it a pro style you know hands high light power shots body puncher and i like to take my time and pick my shots rather than in the three three minute amateur rounds i, I feel rushed mm. like i can't get anything off properly so pros is where it's at for me so i don't want to fast track it but I don't want to, like, start too far back. I want I want to start with a six rounder, because mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm already doing three rounds as an amateur. What what is an extra round? Mm-hmm. I may as well do another three. So start with a six rounder. I will start with journeyman, but I don't want to do many. Then I want to start being in a bit more competitive fights. Then crack on with some titles. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. And then obviously you said you you had already had a professional style. Um, sitting on punches and things, is that already been taught of you by your coach? What what coach have you got at the moment? Have you had the same coach? So I've ha- I've always had the same coach, always been at Guildford City um, Amateur Club. Um, but I always like... And what's your coach's name? Ben Harmsworth, Ben Harmsworth. But I've always watched pro boxing. I never got into amateur boxing for amateur boxing. I always wanted to be a pro. You know, I always watched Hagler. Hagler's my favourite fighter ever, so... Just watching off them fighters, trying to see what they do, doing it myself, and just practicing, you know, everything that I've seen them do. Nice, practicing your craft. And yeah. what's your favourite Hagler fight? Well, I've got a tattoo of Hagler Hearns on my Have you? right shoulder, so nice. Hagler Hearns. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably my favourite Hagler yeah. fight as well. I think uh, when he boxed uh, Leonard, it was quite frustrating to watch, even though obviously we weren't there live. Yeah. Like, even just watching it on repeat, it's quite a frustrating fight, just seeing the clash of styles there. Yeah, he, he couldn't really get off his work that he wanted to do. Yeah. But And what a story he's got. Do, do you know, I'm guessing you probably know I know about... a bit, quite a bit, I think, quite a bit about him, so yeah. Yeah, he grew up in the hood, didn't have yeah. much. Did, was he Was he shot as a kid, maybe? I'm not sure? sure about that. But like, um, when I read his book, he was saying like, you know, as a kid, you growing up, you hear gunshots every day in the yeah. street and it's... it's it's so bad and I think he's always just had that hard work yeah. ethic and he never got recognised. Yeah, no, so what was it? So he boxed, boxed Leonard for the um, Olympic qualifier, I think. Mm-hmm. Obviously Leonard won. Leonard went off to the Olympics and... Uh, and got gold. For his um, for Leonard's first professional fight, I think it was like he earned some ridiculous amount of money. I think thousands, it was a million thousands. or something. Was it 100 yeah, grand like or...? 200 grand, something like that. And Hagler had a fight in some sports leisure centre for twenty dollars. Yeah. For his first fight, so yeah, he really had to build up compared to where Leonard already had it sorted for him. But do you think that's also what made him great? Where you saw that discipline, where he just locked away. Yeah, for Hagler, it was all all his work rate, all his determination. So I think, yeah, that that the fact that that he had to work for what. Leonard already got, gave to him, probably fueled him. Mm-hmm. His motivator. To be the fighter he was, yeah. Yeah, and even Leonard, do you know much about his story? Obviously, not loads. Well, he had so many ups and downs. Um, ended up getting hooked on cocaine at one point later in his career. Um, obviously, when you've got all the money and you've got everything, he, he had like he had his childhood sweetheart that he married. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, as a professional fighter, where the whole country knows you, you know, you go everywhere and you're loved. You know, you get dragged into parties, you're with celebrities, you're living that life, which for most people, like, you know, none of us would know how to handle that. Um, so he just got dragged into the wrong wrong group. And he said at one point, like, he, he had to just do coke every day. Like, if he had an interview, like, he would have to make sure to check his pockets just, just to have a, have a quick line of gear or whatever just to, just to keep him going, which, you know, at that point, when you see someone that was already that confident as a kid that was a star, um, you just see the, the sort of, the rise and fall and the comeback that he had. Yeah. Um, but with Hagler, he's so special and so many, just, just his determination with just everything. And obviously Hearns, he was a freak back then. He was... Massive, massive uh, 
We started our welterweight, did he start her? Yeah, and then he won titles all the way up to... All the way. Was it light heavy? Light I think heavy? light heavy. Yeah, so light heavy. Was it six or seven weight world champion or something yeah. crazy? Yeah. Crazy. But, I mean, they they all sort of, Obviously, they all met at middleweight, but they're all, I'd probably say, greatest fighters in their own weight class. Mm-hmm. Hagler, middleweight, Leonard... Like Welter, same as Hearns, and then Duran, lightweight. Yeah, yeah, he was completely, way completely out of the weight class, really. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that he um, he got bet at a party in Panama when he was a kid, and um, they said, "I bet you can't knock out that horse," and it was like ten p or something, <laughs> and he was drunk. He'd had like a bottle of whiskey or whatever, and he's gone up to this horse, landed a hook, and just dropped a fully grown horse. <laughs> And uh, obviously, it's a bit of uh, animal abuse, and some yeah. people won't find it funny. But no. like in Panama, you know, anything goes there. Back then as well, like he grew up on the streets. You obviously know a bit yeah. about him. Like, you know, he come from nothing. These guys, they cut from a different cloth. Now, like we were saying off air as well, in America that you go into soon, their style is amazing. It's slick. Like you see their personalities and how good it is. But the styles of these guys that we're talking about back then, the best fought the best. They're all tough, and they're all game and you yeah. know you, you could have a 15 round war and they would still go like yeah. no one would quit whereas now well i say that you had no mass didn't you yeah um <laughs> but yeah i think it's it has changed a lot now you struggle it? to get them like fighting each other like i i love crawford but when when is he gonna box spence it's like it's gonna take forever mm-hmm. there's just like because obviously Crawford hasn't like Crawford's a great, amazing boxer, but he hasn't got any, hasn't got that much of a following mm-hmm. for a boxer of his level. So, yeah. and he's been on the pound for pound list for eight years, years. eight years, years yeah. something like that. You know, he he's been up there the whole time, and yeah, I think Spence. They're talking about the contract, but I, I actually made a meme as well. It's a picture of a skeleton <laughs> sat on a bench, and yeah. it's like me waiting for Crawford and Spence to happen. Yeah, but. Um, I'm going to post that at some point, but I think it will grow better with age because yeah. I actually made that meme six months ago and it's still annoying. Yeah, it's, it's still going on. I've I've saw some stuff about it yesterday, but you know they say that they're going to be signing it, but they're not going to. They just won't. But then what what paycheck are they going to get? Because I think they're promoters out there as well. It's not like you've got someone like Eddie Hearn that's giving AJ like a hundred million and shares in DAZN or whatever's going on. I think with Spence and Crawford, even though it's a battle of the greats, I think they're both still businessmen. And like Crawford's how old now? Thirty-four. He's getting on. Like he's come to the end of his prime, and like you don't want to see them be like Amir Khan and Kel Brook. As good as that fight was, finally, you know, at the end of the day, if you saw Kel Brook in his prime against Amir Khan, well, Khan was in his prime a lot earlier, but um, if you saw them seven years ago or whatever that would have been fireworks completely different fight completely so, different last thing we want to see is you know Spence and Crawford in three years time when, yeah. when they're past it and they've probably had a few losses off up and coming guys like yeah. you know even Conor Ben because he's quite young someone yeah. like him he could easily get a fight against them in the next few years and if he gets the win when they're at the end and they've yeah. like no one knows what's happened to Spence really with, with the car crash with the old crash but um, he looked I thought just as good, if not better, in his last fight with um, Ugas. So mm-hmm. true. I'm and not. Did you think? Who do you think was going to win in that? 
I thought Spencer was going to win, but I've watched that Ugas for quite a while now, so I thought it, w- it would have been harder than quite a lot of people were saying it was going to be. So, But he made it look easy, I thought. Yeah. So. What, what do you think makes him so great? Uh, His style. Obviously, Southport, so it makes it a bit more awkward for other people. But I think he's got really great shot selection. And the way he did in that um, Ugas fight, it was targeting the body and then every time that Ugas was falling he was bringing the uppercuts up just catching him with whatever Ugas did wrong so mm-hmm. dropping the body bringing him up yeah it was textbook and yeah. I think um, I feel Spence his one of his um, good traits are he's always first and he's always last if he's in an exchange with a really good obviously he's he's got a good resume of fighters now um, when he's been against these tough guys and obviously they are landing shots on him He's always dominating. He's always getting that last shot. He's always got the he's always got the upper hand. He knows how to win the rounds, which his IQ. Same with Crawford, to be honest. Obviously, their their IQs are knowing how to win. Knowing like how many times you've been in a fight where you think you're winning, and then maybe you look back on it, or even in a spa, and you look back on it and you actually see, oh, maybe it's questionable. These guys know. These guys know that they can win those rounds. Yeah. Like they they know how to how to win them, which that's what makes them so great. That's what I think. Yeah, and lightweights that we're, we're talking about. You love Tank, right? So I love Tank, but I don't think he's the best of the lightweights. I think probably I think Haney at the moment is probably the best. I think technically he's got all the shots and the movement, and you know, obviously, I thought Cambosis was a good, a good boxer, but I didn't think. Obviously, I thought Haney would deal with him quite easy which we saw but it'll be a different fight if he fought someone like Tank but I still think he'd you know move around him outbox him mm-hmm. pop him with shots I, I, he's not I don't think he's quite the stoppage fighter but he's definitely got all the skills yeah I think that's just because Devin Haney's style as well he's not looking for the stoppage like he's happy to to outpoint you like when he boxed Jorge Linares you saw when he got tired in the later rounds and there was a lot of the hugging and a lot of things, he looked a little bit exposed there, but still he sort of held on. So I think Haney's style, he, he's not the type of blowing it, you know, like blowing his gas tank halfway through the fight trying to get a stoppage. Like he'll happily cruise. Yeah, no, happily... calculated, move around, pick his shots. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. And, but a lot of people are saying Tank, obviously, he's been outboxed against Leo Santa Cruz. Roley was outboxing him. A lot of people still say Tank's a really good boxer, which of course he is, but... Who, who else is that boxing? Um, who else has Tank fought that before a knockout they've just had the better of him? Who's the other lad? But at the end of the day, he's knocked him out. Hasn't yeah, he? yeah. So but he's not going to get a top five fighter like Haney, world class fighter. Where what's the chances they're not going to make a mistake and he doesn't get the knockout? I just feel that Tank he relies on slowly they'll tire and he'll land those big shots so I do think he'll get outboxed at, at like the top 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 level but mm. he'll, he'll, I think he'll take out most of the uh, most of the ones around there Lomachenko do you think he could uh, knock him out it's a tough one because obviously Lomachenko's always moving always mm-hmm. I don't think he would but you know could it all get caught with shots, you know. Yeah. He got dropped with 
from Lopez, didn't he? And mm. he got dropped by someone else, did he? But also, Loma's come up a few weight classes, and Lopez yeah. shouldn't even be at all. He couldn't even really make weight yeah. for George anyway, Cambosis. So, like, you could see when it was Loma against Lopez in the first four rounds, Loma didn't even want to take them shots. No, like, yeah. he was so calculated. Like, I wouldn't want to take a shot of Lopez. Because he lost to George Cambosis, a lot of people have already written him off now. But, um,. He's so powerful, man. He's just like, he's just a, a natural powerhouse. He's a knockout yeah. artist, really. Yeah, no, I, I was watching like some of his knockouts as he was coming through and I'm thinking you know, he'd be a good good fight for the top boys and obviously he ended up winning all the titles. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he got rid off for that fight, but he came and fought the fight completely wrong mm -hmm. against Cambosis. But I think, you know, obviously you saw... Lomachenko had the, he said he had that shoulder problem from yeah. that fight with um, Lopez, and obviously no excuse. But you rewatch it and you can you can see that he doesn't really use that that arm at all mm -hmm. through the whole fight. And I feel like if they fought again, it'd be a different fight. Really, I, f I feel like Lomachenko could move around him, pick him off with all the shots. A hundred percent agree. And how Loma's in your face, even if he's not throwing anything for three minutes, he drains you mentally. How we can just sit in front of you and you don't land a shot yeah. at him, like I couldn't... slightly moving from side to side. Yeah, I, just... I love love the Ukrainian style. What do you think of light heavyweights coming through? Obviously, it's all Russia right now. You've got Albertoviev and that. Who wins out of them two? Unification. I think Albertoviev. Uh, he's just like he's just a machine. It, it just comes forward. Well, he's a good boxer, but just comes forward, lands all the I don't think Bivol will be able to handle that. I think Bivol's a small light heavyweight. Mm. He's, he'd be a big super middle, but he's a small light heavy. Mm. And Batoviev's a big light heavy with big shots. And I think he'd end up, you know, just being too much over the rounds for Bivol. Yeah, have you seen the training of him? His wrist training, like the stuff that they do, like they're hitting the heavy bag with like bare fists, and they're um, they do push-ups and they land on their wrists, and they land in all these weird spots that you, yeah. most people you would collapse and break your yeah. wrist. But he's got such good, uh, and also with the barbell, yeah. he has a twenty-kilo barbell, and he's twisting it like a stick, and he's just catching and twisting. And the the wrist strength you need for that, and your forearm, yeah. Like that's unreal. Yeah, that's a different breed. But I think a lot of the Russian style, the way they go through the ranks, like their their foundational fitness and everything, it's it's really good. The, the Soviet style. Like yeah. Even even their wrestling. I think in school, don't they all? I don't know if you know much about it, but no. um, in a lot of Eastern Europe, like they they all go through the same sort of military style training as kids, where your foundational fitness and strength is already there. So when you go into any sport, you're already well adapted. Whereas for example, in England, if you've never done any sport, never been to the gym and you start boxing, well, you're probably going to have a lot of imbalances. You're yeah. not really going to be strong. You're probably going to have a lot of problems, you know? But yeah. these guys are all and girls are already so well built that when they go into any sport, they're just, they're successful. Yeah, they're, they're already fit. They're already strong, you mm -hmm. know? Whereas we'll have to build up all our fitness, all our strength compared to them, yeah. 100%. And so back to your sparring, like this is what I'm most interested about having you on. So... You, you, I don't want to ask any questions that are too personal, but out of all the spars, who's been some of the hardest spars? Who's been your hardest hitter? Uh, just, yeah, I, I want to hear a bit more about people personally. Yeah, so obviously I've been sparring 
pros I'd probably say since I was seven. Well, top level pros since I was about seventeen. So can you but, name some? Just off the um, top of your head? Felix Cash Fowler, Mikey McKinson, Kevin Agiarco, Josh Kelly, Linus Sadofia, Denzel Bentley. Yeah, loads. That's yeah. It's a stack yeah. list. You got. British champions and yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so who was the hardest puncher, first of all? Hardest puncher? Uh, they're all, you know, different sort of punches. It's like Agiarko's really explosive. Mm. Like, and I feel like he's the one that like, he'll slip your shot and his shots are so explosive, it'll knock you out. That sort of power. So What make you miss? Pro you prob yeah, probably... Probably, yeah. Uh, and then who would you say is the, the trickiest boxer when, when it comes to just trying to land your shots on them and just trying to win a round against them? Uh, I'm not sure. They're all, you know, all different, tricky in their own way, you know. What's Josh Kelly like? I sparred him. So when did I spar him? I sparred him before that Avenesian fight. Mm -hmm. So sparring him for that Avenesian fight. He's good, you know. In and out, throwing loads of shots. I love his um. What's the little highlight reel when he lands like eight hooks? On eight hooks in yeah. a row. Yeah, that's sick. But I feel so. What happened with his gas tank and stuff? Did he also have COVID and have problems? Because you probably know it uh, more than I'm not really sure to be honest. But uh, I just thought in the fight that you know having the Avanesian, he just comes forward. He comes forward, and I felt like um like we said earlier. Having someone on you all the time, laying on you, just Bring that pressure down. with his feet just tied him out and, you know, collapsed after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that was tough because even, I don't know, I had the expectations of Kelly winning that fight. I, I, I didn't write him off, David, but I don't know. I just thought with, with his class, his pedigree, his slickness, I thought he would outbox him quite easily. But, yeah, he just he looked tired and it looked all wrong for him, really. So, I. I don't know, how would you, if you were Josh Kelly and you wanted to, obviously because he's coming back, Yeah. He had, he had a fight recently too, right? Yeah, he had a fight the other week, I think. I, di I didn't watch it though. Yeah, I, I didn't see it, unfortunately. Um, what, what was that on? Who's he with now? He's with that uh, Wasserman, so like Channel 5, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously he's still going strong, but, um, but he sort of reminds me as well that Kelly's got a little bit of an amateur style still. Um, yeah. But he reminds me of, uh, did you see the Mick Conlon fight against Lee Wood? That yeah, war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Conlon was obviously on his back foot, light on his toes, picking him off, landing nice shots. But Lee, oh my God, Lee Wood. Yeah. What a warrior. To, to come back off the canvas, looking like he was just done for. Yeah. Um, I thought Conlon was going to win that, you know, but Lee Wood just kept going, you know, throwing them big shots and caught him. Relentless. Right at the end. Yeah. Relentless. And so, in your weight category that you've got, right now so uh, who's in your weight category at the moment in the pros so i'm not sure to be honest is are you it? sizing anyone up at the moment for when? nah not really no. not yet not i'll yet. just i'll get started and then then i'll start sizing people up and uh in, so you said going to us soon going to go california yeah so i'm going to go california i'm going to do three weeks training i'm going to try and get around some gyms you know wild card um Blue Moon, Buddy McGurk's gym, that 10 Goose, Goose and Jim. I'm just going to try and get in there, get some sparring, see what I can do.
Brilliant. Who knows, you might not come back. It might be a bit longer than three weeks. Yeah, I might might just stay there. Are you going to get a single ticket out just in case uh, a coach takes his liking to you? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, especially from, obviously, the sparring I've seen in your pads. You know, for 20 years old, you're explosive. You're going to be a big problem in the pros. I've not really seen any of your amateur fights. Yeah. But like you said as well, in, in the amateurs, you can't really judge a lot. So No, it's what I feel every time in the amateurs, a little bit rushed. I can't always do what I want to do because it's like, as I said, too rushed. You can't get the shots off you're looking for. I feel like bros is where I'm, where I'm at and we're going to see me boxing better in the pros. Even though I've already won stuff in the amateurs, you're going to see another level up in the pros. So, And what would be your ideal team when you go pro? Is there any, any certain gyms out there that you're really keen to try and be a part of? Like obviously since Fury uh, was at the Cronk recently, yeah. I know there's been quite a few people that are trying to um, um, get a I'm not really, I'm not fast on having like a hyped up team. I just want a coach, which I get on with that I feel like I'm learning all the time with and uh, can get me the fights. So just anyone mm-hmm. really that can keep me learning, keep me getting better. And then obviously I'll do, do the business myself. Brilliant. And what promoters look good to you? If, if you had to sort of try and sign with a promoter, is there anyone, you've probably spoken with a few already maybe. I haven't really spoke to anyone. I'm going to start speaking to people after I've come back from America. I'm going to have a little bit of a chill out, train, keep it going and then get it all sorted a bit later. But I'm not too bothered on who I sign with, sort of. Mm -hmm. I just want a good platform so I get loads of views and um, a good deal. Mm -hmm. Whatever Whatever deal looks best, I'll probably go with that one. Especially you saying starting with a uh, not a four rounder straight off the yeah. bat, you know, moving into six a, rounds. a six rounder. Yeah. Um, like from what we know already, ticket sellers and things like that, if you're going to go down that route, you know, to do a six rounder, you might have to do 100 ticket sales off the bat and you're going to have to have a good platform behind you. I've got, I'll support you the whole way. I think you're a great talent. Like I've, I've seen your videos already. Yeah. And a oh, quick question actually in the amateurs, who's been your hardest fight and who's been your best win? Because I know obviously. You've pretty much fast-tracked the amateurs, how busy you've been. Yeah, yeah, so best win, I'd probably put my best win is I won uh, a youth national title um, in at 75 kilos. I had six fights to get there, so I boxed all the way through. I won all of them unanimous, and then I won the, the, I won the title in Manchester via unanimous decision again and I gave him a ca- uh, two counts count one count two counts Absolutely. not not quite sure it were, um, and that was against the coach who kept staring at me in the change room oh uh, that guy yeah and um, <laughs> yeah that that was probably my best win because who I, was that guy Danny Steele huh? Danny Steele yeah so he boxed for England like two weeks before I boxed, boxed him. But it was probably my best win because the whole lead up, 69 wins, big win in the final, giving counts, you know. So it was just overall good experience to get all of them wins in throughout the whole tournament and then top it off winning the whole thing unanimous again. 
Yeah, that's quality. And uh, what would you say has been your toughest fight in those three rounds? Toughest fight? I don't, cause I don't feel like I've ever had like a really, really tough fight. Like, I feel in three rounds, as I said, you you don't really. You're by the end of the third round, I feel like you're sort of just just start, starting to kick on. So like, fights. The hardest fight would probably be. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck yeah, on this because no. yeah, no, right. yeah, well, I don't really know. I, I sort of I understand why you'd think that as well because after you spire with all these top yeah. level pros, I'm guessing when you are in amateur fights yeah. against you know sort of people your own age yeah. and everything anyway, it's, it's it's not the same. So yeah, yeah and I'm I'm used to the I'm used to the that the longer rounds with the pros, and so in the end of three 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 minute rounds, you know I feel like I'm just getting on, so it doesn't feel tough. Like, doesn't feel like I'm working too hard or I'm, like, really struggling or any of that. What's your favourite punch to throw or combination? Favourite punch? <sighs> Most successful I love one. I love a good left hook. I love a good left hook or or just a straight backhand, you know. I had my, had my first fight after, after two months of training. I had my first fight and I won by a knockout. With a backhand. Nice. So and that was a good, great start yeah, to you. Yeah, it was a good start. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, you don't get paid for overtime, do you? No. no so. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, mate, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you. All the best uh, turning pro, and I look forward to having you on in the future once yeah. you are pro. Thanks a lot. It's been uh, it's been really good being on it, and uh, look forward to coming back when I'm pro and get a few wins on them records, then I'll get on it. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Stay tuned. Thank you.